of everybody. This is the Trumpet of Truth podcast, episode number four. Um, I'm your host, Jacob Long, and tonight I'll be riding solo. Um, there's been something I want to talk about, but it's not necessarily talked about a whole lot in uh, regards to biblical teaching, and it's going to be in Genesis chapter 6. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit, and then just kind of unpackage it for us, okay? So, here we go. Chapter 6, Genesis, uh, verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them as wives of all which they chose. So, for those of you that don't know, there's a difference in the sons of God and the sons of men. Okay, so the sons of God that this is referring to in chapter 6 are actually the fallen angels. And you can read about them in Ezekiel. You can read about them um, in the Gospel of Luke and several other places in the Bible. But these sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair and they took them as wives of, what they, of which they chose. Verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. So God's shortening the lifespan of uh, the human race to 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. Okay, verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days. You may ask, how were there giants and why have I not been taught about the giants? Well, you can do a quick Google search or DuckDuckGo, whatever search engine you use, and you can find scientific evidence of literal human giant bones and fossils uh, being dug up in the dirt. You know, there, there's proof that there were gigantic men and women that walked the earth. And it says it right here in Genesis. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, now what's he speaking about here? Also after that, I think he's talking about after the flood, because we're, as we read here, we're going to uh, develop the story in chapter 6 of why God flooded the earth. So, there were giants on the earth in those days, and after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Okay, so you've got these sons of God, these angelic celestial beings, breeding with the women of earth, bearing children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Okay, that's, uh, there you go. You've got sons of God, fallen angels, breeding with women of earth, creating these um, hybrid beings, some gigantic, some that were mighty men, men that didn't age, they were of old, and men of renown. So, Basically, uh, God's human creation in the context of um, DNA is being corrupted by angelic beings breeding with humans, creating giants, mighty men, and men that didn't age because they were of flesh and of spirit, if that makes any sense. So... 
I'm going to continue reading. Chapter uh, verse five. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Well, you have to uh, think there that if these angelic beings are breeding with women, they're probably teaching them and showing them some things that are uh, are kind of disgusting and not natural, right? And, you know, sex, sex can be very beautiful, but sex can also be very evil, you know, and it, you can't have one without the other, you know, and uh, I think that this is more or less what it's talking about here, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I think that these days here in chapter six, these days of, of Noah, uh, sexual sin was all about through the earth. And I think that a lot of it was taught by these uh, fallen angels. So I'm going to continue reading in chapter 6. And it repented to the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. So he's, you know, upset that his creation has kind of turned on him. You know, the, the very thing that he's created has been corrupted. And uh, it's obviously made, him, made God very upset. Verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So, God chose Noah because his generations, he was perfect in them, right? And Noah walked with God. So, in my opinion, I read this, and I read that uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and he was perfect in his generations, and he walked with God. I, I, I uh, it leads me to believe that his genealogy and his family was of, of pure creation. There has there hadn't been no um, corruption in DNA with Noah's family. That's why God had chose him, and he was a and he was a pretty good man too. He was a just man, the Bible says, and he was perfect in his generations. You know, to me that totally speaks in the context of his DNA. And Noah begot three sons: Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So God's telling Noah, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to destroy all flesh. And notice he's referring to them. I will destroy them. There is The earth is filled with violence through them. That them that he's referring to is the Nephilim, the giants, the corrupted DNA from the fallen ones breeding with the women of earth, creating these hybrid, um, not natural beings. And 
God's telling Noah he's going to destroy them. He's going to destroy it all. Right? So in verse 14, we're going to pick up. He tells Noah, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou, hast sh- with which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, and the breadth of the fi- and the breadth and the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. So, three hundred by fifty by thirty. And a window shalt you make to the ark, and a cubic shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make. So basically making a way where you can get to the first, second, and third stories. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life? From under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. So he's saying, I've got a covenant with you and your family. You, your wife, your kids, and your kids' wives. Bring them on. Verse 19. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. So uh, God tells Noah to bring two of every flesh. We were taught that he was told to bring two of every animal, but the Bible says bring two of every flesh. So however you want to interpret that, you know, go for it. But the Bible says two of every flesh. And they shall be male and female. Notice he didn't say male and male and female and female, you know, because God, you know, understands that you can't create life with um, two of the same uh, genders. You have to have, you know, male and female to uh, be fruitful and multiply. So those of you that want to beat the drum of the LGBTQ community, you can, uh, Go back to Genesis here and understand that even God in the very beginning said, oh, you can't do that because you can't be fruitful and multiply if there's only women or if there's only men. You have to have both. They have to exist in cohesion, right? Verse 20. Of fowls after their kind and of cattle after their kind and of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. So he's saying, go get, you know, you're going to have a bunch of food. It's for you. It's for them. It's for everyone to eat. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So Noah, you know, was a just man, was perfect in his generations. He had a pure DNA, his family. That's why God chose him to build the ark, take all the animals to every flesh on board, feed them, keep them. Um, and God was going to destroy them, them, them. God was going to destroy them. Them being the corrupt 
giants, mighty men, men were rich of old, men of renown. Huh. So, I'd like some feedback from you guys. Um, if you can shoot me a message on Facebook or however you want to do it. Um, how many of you have been taught about the giants here in Genesis 6? I know I wasn't taught about it you know, in Sunday school. And really, to be honest with you, I've tried talking about it with some friends and relatives and stuff. And you get kind of like the um, your crazy look when you bring up giants and you bring up <laughs> fallen angels breeding with women because it is a crazy thought. It, it sounds insane, but it, the Bible clearly says that clearly says that, you know, and like I said, you could do a, a quick Google search, a quick, you know, scam of the internet to find all the scientific data that, that backs it, that proves it right. Leftists want to say that, Science disproves the Bible, but there's more science that actually proves the Bible than disproves it. And that's a fact. And if you want to challenge me on it, you know, feel free. Send me some articles. Send me some material to read. I'll sift through the details. You know, I've gone down wormholes. I've done research. Giants are real. They were real. It was a real thing. So, if you haven't learned about the giants... It's very interesting, and um, it's kind of crazy, but the Bible clearly talks about it, and it's in there. So take that however you want to take it. Sometimes I ask myself, you know, why couldn't God just uh, kill the Nephilim, or just take out the giants, or, or, or strike down the fallen angels? And uh, it's always kind of left me perplexed because I don't really know why he had to destroy everyone unless everyone besides Noah was corrupt. Well, you know, was Noah the only person, only human whose genealogy was pure? Because, you know, you may ask yourself, why is this so important? Why is the genealogy and God's creation of DNA is so important. Well, Jesus had to be born of a virgin birth. And Jesus had to be of a pure bloodline. Or else, you know, uh, his ministry and, you know, the gospel wouldn't ring as true. You know, Jesus had to be born of a perfect virgin birth. And of genes that were pure and not corrupt. So that's why God flooded the earth. He needed to reset. He needed um, DNA to be pure. And it couldn't be pure if you had all these crazy buckwild, demon-possessed giants and mighty men flying around, running 100 miles an hour, picking up, you know, mountains and whatnot. It's kind of crazy. Um and far out there, really, to think about it, but it's real. It's so real. I find it kind of interesting in um, chapter 6, verse 4, when it says, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. So, there's acknowledgement that, yes, there 
were giants, but also after the flood. Now, how if God destroyed all of the giants and all of that corrupt DNA with, you know, the flood, how could there have been giants after the flood? Because there were giants on the earth in those days and also after that. How can that be? I kind of, you know, I, I struggle with that question because I couldn't really explain it. And there's no real clear indication in scripture that tells us exactly where that gene came through. Because the Bible does say there were giants on the earth in those days and also after that. But it doesn't say how they were there after that. It explains beforehand, you know, that it came to pass when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, made them made them wives of themselves, of which they chose, and they bred. So it tells us how the giants were created beforehand, but not afterward. So as I kind of look at the whole passage here, you you know, if Noah, it says that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So Noah and Noah's kids were of pure genealogy. Right? He was perfect in his generations. He wasn't corrupt. But if you skip over here to... um, Verse 18, but with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. So his daughter-in-law, daughter-in-laws, you know, plural, there's a few of them. What if, you know, Noah's generations are pure, but what if Shem, him, and Japheth's wives, their DNA is corrupt with the... Um, giant or Nephilim fallen angel gene. That's that you know to me. That's the only way that, unless God didn't kill everyone with the flood, but He says He was going to destroy all flesh, and over every and everything shall die. Everything that is in the earth shall die. That's what verse seventeen says. Destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. So if everything is destroyed, nothing but Noah, the animals he brought with him, the two of every flesh. How did that gene, how was it in those days and after? It had to make it on that ark somehow. Right? I mean, unless... There's something else that I don't know about, but I've yet to figure that one out. So that's just a question I have. We know there were giants. How were there giants after the flood if God destroyed all flesh and everything that was on the earth? And if Noah's genealogy was pure? Hmm. But, you know, Goliath was a giant. And some scholars will tell you that, like, Different regions and places and groups of people can breed, you know, for hundreds of years and create people that are, you know, oh, in this village, everyone is six foot five and weighs approximately 250 to 300 pounds. Yeah, 
you know, we, we see that in animals, especially like, like cattle, you know, like if you're a rancher here, or you're, you're around cows, you know, that you have like a, a certain gene of generations of breeding cattle that, oh, this, these cows are, you know, sway backed and long back legs and short front legs. You know, that's something that, that's a trait that can be noticed throughout generations of cattle. Well, scholars seem to think that the same thing can be done with humans after, you know, breeding the same with the same group of people in the same, you know, in the same region that you could get a, you know, civilization of really tall people, really short people, really fat people, very skinny people, people with big heads, big hands, big feet, you know, whatever. And maybe that was the case with Goliath and the, you know, all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Or was that gene still running? And is it still running today? Because, I mean, it's kind of crazy to see someone that's seven foot six, seven foot eight. But, you know, we still see that sometimes. Are those giants or are those just freakishly tall people? I don't know. I don't know. These are just questions I have and kind of what I've gathered in my study about the flood. I find it ironic that, you know, we're never, no one ever talks about the giants. It seems so marvelous and magnificent to me because, I mean, think about a giant. Like, think about a dude walking around 12 feet tall picking up trees, you know, throwing them, swimming out in the oceans and seas and like just pulling out sharp. I mean, just doing crazy stuff that we can't do. You know, a giant with super strength, super speed can jump high. I mean, think about the kind of football player that would make today, right? To me, it's just, just so fascinating. And why, why don't we talk about it? Why doesn't anyone talk about it? And why don't we talk about the, like how weird the, with the sexual stuff here, like the sexual sin that's going on here with with these angels and with these women. And, you know, it had to be, you know, disgusting and and so vile to where God wanted to, to kill everyone. He wanted to kill everyone. And, you know, also people were, you know, sin was rampant in those days. It wasn't just, you know, sexual sin nature of fallen angels and women of earth, it it was all sorts of evil, right? But the underlining theme here is the DNA. You know, the DNA aspect of these giants, of Noah's generations. You know, I think that's kind of the main theme here to take away from why God flooded the earth and what's going on with the enemy. Because, I mean, throughout the entire Bible, Satan's always tried to have his hand on corrupting genealogy, right? Same with Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. You know, that's a, another topic for another time, but Satan's always tried to maneuver and copy and mimic what God's doing, right? So, just something to keep in mind if you ever want to read this passage in Genesis and if you have any questions, you know, let's let's talk about it. Because it is it is interesting and it is weird and 
you know, maybe my thoughts on it are out there and kind of far-fetched, but I just find it so strange that it's not taught and it's not talked about. But that's kind of what I've gathered from it. And, um, you know, if you have any disagreements or, any, or know anything else that you could show me to give me better understanding or anything like that, I'd be happy to to sift through some details and, and go through it with you all, you know, or it, because there's so much here that is unknown, right? So much here that's unknown. So if you have anything figured out or think that, you know, something that I don't, or maybe I'm way too far down the rabbit hole. I don't know, but that's kind of what I've gathered with Genesis chapter six. And to my understanding of why God flooded the earth and who these giants were and who these men of old and men of renown truly were, you know, um, not only that, but you have to think, you know, why it made God so mad. Why did this make God so mad? These angels, these sons of God, they dwelled with God in heaven, right? So when they were cast out and when they came to earth, they knew th- they knew of heavenly things that earthly people did not know of. So one has to conclude that, yes, not only did they breed with mankind, but did they also teach and reveal things that were hidden or secretive, things that were of heaven that weren't supposed to be known on earth by mankind? Were these fallen angels teaching and showing humans things that God had not intended to? I don't know. There's some scholars that think that the Nephilim and these giants that were killed in the flood, that their spirit dwells here, and that's what we know as demonic presences. You know, if you believe in God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you have to believe in evil spirits and demonic spirits, right? I mean, how many demons did Jesus cast out of people? How many evil spirits did he make clean in his name? You have to, you can't have one without the other. There, You know, so scholars, some scholars think that um, these supernatural celestial beings, these half spirit, half human hybrid beings that were killed in the flood, you know, their spirit didn't go with God because they weren't born of the water naturally, right? So their spirit, you know, scholars think that their spirits are still here and they're evil spirits, demonic spirits that can possess and oppress people, which would make sense. I mean, if you've ever gone down those rabbit holes, you know, there's a lot that makes sense there. I don't know how much of it's biblical, but it makes a guy wonder, you know, and it's just so, to me, it's just so weird, man. It's so weird that, it's not talked about and, and it's even to the point of where if you bring it up with pastors and, and youth leaders and even friends and family and stuff, they, they give you like the, the crazy look like you're crazy. You're crazy, man, which it is. It sounds crazy. I, I think it's crazy just reading it, but I think it's more crazy that we're not discussing it. Which, thank God it's not a salvation thing, though, right? Thank God for that. Thank God for that. That it's not nothing that we can hang up, you know, on salvation. So, 
I guess the most important thing is Jesus is the way, the life, and the truth. And you cannot enter to the Father unless through Him. So thank God for that. I'm going to close out in prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. and Thank you for a platform to read your word from and to um, reach and touch people in ways that only you know how. So, God, I pray that this message um, be truthful. And I pray that um, my understanding as a follower becomes better. Um, wisdom from you be put into me and into my spirit. Lord, and I pray that um, you continue to work with me and these listeners and to download scripture into us and to unpackage things in the Bible that we maybe don't understand as well, God. I pray that you keep working in our midst and that you bless everyone listening and continue to bless me and my family, Lord. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. All God's people say, Amen.